0: Of how can a loving God allow for certain things to happen in the world? How can He allow for addictions? How can He allow for lies? Welcome to Coffee with a Couple Cure, where we share practical tips for your relationship before you finish your first cup. Here's Jay and Lori Pyatt. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Coffee with a Couple Cure. I am Lori. I'm Jay. And today, basically, is going to be covering how can a loving God allow for certain things to happen in the world? How can he allow for addictions? How can he allow for betrayal? Uh, How can he allow for lies? That sort of thing. Um, Don't know what we're going to title it yet, but we'll figure that out later. But that's going to be the basic gist of what we cover. Right. Regarding how can God allow certain things Um, I asked God that a long, long time ago after becoming a Christian, and the vision I got was because I gave you free will, you know, and if you do some word study, will actually uh, is, well, number one, it's the thing that sets us apart from animals, but also it has to do with our desires, so um, we end up doing, we end up having a will that caters to our desires, so that... Um, our will can indicate what we desire most in life. But the vision I got way back when was um, you have, you know, I gave you free will and I gave other people free will too. And if I were to stop this one person from cheating on you or lying to you, then imagine what your life would be like, you know? And the vision I got was like, okay, I'm put in life and God's going to stop me from doing all the bad stuff. And so I'd go this way and I'd be like, stop, stop. Well, can't do that. And i go this way and I'd be stopped. Well, can't do that. So let me turn around. Nope, can't do that either. And I'd be just like stuck, you know. Um, so we have been given free will. So we're not stopped all the time. Yet we can make a mess of our lives uh, with that free will. Right. A lot of people have said, you know, it's the way God knows we love him, and that kind of speaks to the desire thing. When I desire God, my will is going to look much different than if I desire um, appeasing my flesh, if I have a love of pleasure, that sort of thing. So it's going to look much different if um, if I have a love of God and pursue that.
1: Right. One one way I've seen it or, or heard it said is... Uh, The only place that the sun shines every single day is in the desert and nothing grows there. You know, so we need, we need both. We need these different seasons. We need rain. We need sun. We need the seasons of life for growth. We need Mm -hmm. it for things to be vibrant and healthy Mm -hmm. and, and living because if everything was just sunshine, it Mm -hmm. would be sun. (laughs) <laughs> sand and death and and uh, uh, unlivable terrain mm-hmm.
0: and nobody wants to stay in the desert for super long time i've also heard that looking at our brains, our brains are not designed for um, long term high highs, and they're not designed for long term low lows that you know we can't sustain either one very much.
1: The power of being in a twelve step group is. Number one, the power of perspective of of being able to see that other people have gone through similar situations. I think Mm -hmm. that's the, you know, the power of any group where we can sit down and whether that's a group that's focused on the grief of some type of loss or getting through cancer or getting through an addiction, it's helpful to have other people with us who say, yeah. You know, that was a hard time for me and I'll certainly, you know, be praying for you or, or we can talk more about it, whatever. We wouldn't get to know people um, in kind of this shared pleasurable experiences, but in these shared painful experiences. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that, that God called us, um, at least as Christians in the Western world, to meet people in their brokenness not to meet people in their um their best moments right only in their best moments yeah, i mean i know that you know
0: worship times of worship can be meeting people in their best moment but hmm. um yeah i mean whole churches have been uh built on we're all going to wear plastic smiles and pretend that um, we're good enough Christians that nothing bad ever happens to us. So right. um, I just, I don't, I don't fit in there. Into yeah. the, I don't fit in those places. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And in our, in our pain, I think there's an authenticity that's lacking in our, in, in some of our joyful moments. I think sometimes in our joyful moments, we either make them out to be better than they are, Or um, we're simply just caught up in the moment, which is fine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with the joyful moments. We'll go back to the the episode on the um, serenity prayer. Yes, enjoy the moment. There is nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to connecting with another human being, um, I think, you know, we're, we're better equipped or, or something different happens when we do that through the lens of our sufferings, our, our equal sufferings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it makes us more human to one another.
0: I even heard that people connect way more with people who are showing up real in their human frailty and in their messed upness much more than those who come across as people who are perfect. Um, and I think you can probably see this in your own life. I know for me, it's definitely like, yeah, that person looks like they, you know, have it all together, but that person's a mess, and I can relate to them, you know, because I feel like I'm a mess too. So um, there's definitely something there uh, for most people.
1: When it comes to connecting with a larger group of humans, it is in that shared pain, that shared uh, unpleasantness. I think that we, we truly number one mature, and number two, we begin to see other humans differently. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to putting them in a box of their this political belief or this religious belief or this background, whatever. When when we can say, "Oh, you've been there," okay, I I can see you so much differently. Mm-hmm. And I think you know if we if we believe in the Bible where it says we have an enemy, I think our enemy wants to isolate us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've said this before that he works on the principle of divide and conquer. If I can get you alone, I can beat you.
0: Yeah.
1: And I can beat you bad. And so being in a group allows us to find other people that we can get... Like when we go through our step five with another person and we're telling all these horrible things that we've done and all these horrible things that we've thought, and they look across the table and they say, oh yeah, I've totally been there. Mm -hmm. We stop feeling like we're a problem or we're an anomaly, and we begin to feel like we're part of something. Mm -hmm. We begin to feel more uh, normal, acceptable. All those things that as addicts, we use to say, well, I'm not like them, so I'm... I can't be my authentic self. I can't grow.
0: Or that you use because you feel like you're, oh, yeah. you're not acceptable, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it can be an excuse versus, oh, wait, I'm, I am maybe not exactly like everybody else, but I'm not that far off of where they are.
0: Think about it. You know, it's typically we'll talk about our suffering after they've passed. That's typically when we'll talk about things that were hard, but look back on your own journey, on your own recovery, the people you really connected with, the people that really helped you feel like they were real and like you could connect with them, you could really be honest with them, were the ones that showed up messy and struggling in the moment, not after Mm -hmm. it passed. But in the moment, like I'm struggling now with this certain thing. I know that's that's what it's been like for me, that the people were that raw and real and honest in those moments. It's like, OK, not only, yeah, I could hang out with this person, but also. I'm not the only one. Right. But we're going to dive even deeper and go into how God is there with us, how God it. Uh, suffers along with us
1: right mostly where I think this goes for me is God is not over there Mm. he's not he's not out there somewhere he's right here and when he's right here he's somebody I can trust he's somebody I can connect with but when he's somebody out there that I you know I can't approach or can't understand or can't connect with then the whole idea of a spiritual walk or a spiritual program that's supposed to bring me out of my addiction seems like a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. you know. But if he's a God who is right with me in everything, my good moments and my bad moments, he's not standing back saying, hey, you know what? When you stop doing all these things that's pissing me off, I'll come be with you. But until then, you're kind of on your own. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of God that in some ways I believed in that he was far away, you know, that he was like, you know, there's, there's that Christian cliche that says when God feels far off, well, who moved? He's not far off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What, no matter where I move, he's right here. And that's what he committed to do. And it takes a lot for me to fully understand that and fully connect with that. For me, one, one thing that's really challenged me in my thinking is something that the word says, but Lori brought to me as well. And, and it's a, uh, it's an interesting verse where it says that we're to fill up the sufferings of Christ,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and uh, when we think about that, Christ suffered for the sins of all. And yet Paul says, we're to fill up the sufferings of Christ.
0: The fill up the sufferings of Christ, what, because I was like, I've had certain scriptures roll through my head. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? The Message I got about that one is like when an addict, especially in our work, watches his wife kind of be destroyed um, while trying to hold the marriage together and then comes out of the fog and starts going, oh my gosh, why did you go through that? If she can say, because Jesus went through a lot for you as well, it can really bring home the self-sacrificial nature of God, the Mm -hmm. self-sacrificial nature of what he's kind of called us to, but also um, it can show another level of love to the addict. Like you would do that for me? Yeah, because you're worth it. You're worth that to me. I know you thought, I thought you were nothing but a piece of crap, but there's enough good in you that I would go through some suffering in order to get through to you, just like God did, He, you know, giving up his son for you. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, I think, I think the filling up the sufferings of Christ to me is another way of saying it's what Jesus did with feet on, on mm-hmm. this earth, giving a present day example of how Jesus suffered and died for, for the person, um, for the addict
1: suffering is different than abuse if it's taking if it's going somewhere if it's leading to peace if it's leading to healing otherwise you're um kind of gaslighting yourself into an abusive situation that that really is not what we want for you and and Mm -hmm. not what god wants for you but i really love what Lori said which is it is very hard for us to connect with Christ. Um, you know, I, I, I remember feeling like, or, or being told about, you know, different things about the Catholic crucifixion of Jesus where they, they continue to show him on the cross. And, you know, for some churches they say, you know, my God's not still on the cross, which I get. But at the same time, uh, seeing... Having that visual reminder of what Jesus actually endured and suffered for me is helpful, and so seeing that through the lens of Lori's suffering mm-hmm. that I caused and for her to stay and and work through all of that with me is. So much of a visual and and regular reminder of what it, what God did for me, what she did for me, and my own um, uh, worthiness isn't the right word, but my that someone would do that for me is huge. You know, one other way of looking at this is uh, there's a scripture that that uh, Jesus and the disciples are crossing. Uh, I think it's the Sea of Galilee. But one time going across, there's a storm. And the disciples are all freaking out. And Jesus is asleep. Mm. And on the one hand, I think that's how a lot of Christians experience God is, I'm in the midst of a crisis and you're sleeping. You know, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why aren't you dealing with this crisis? Why aren't you seeing what's going on? which is where the disciples were. But I think, again, if we can flip that on on its head, Jesus was saying, why are you making this a crisis if Mm -hmm. I'm asleep? Mm -hmm. If if I, as a human, am sleeping in the boat with you, what are you so worried about? You know, I'm willing to go through the storm with you Mm -hmm. as opposed to just Mm -hmm. take the storm away. And so why don't you come join me in how we ride out the storm versus just trying to avoid all of the storms of life. And so I I think the more I can see that God in my life, especially in the midst of a group with other people who are struggling the way I'm struggling or have struggled the way I'm struggling and see that, oh, okay, this this is just a storm to ride out. This isn't forever. This is maybe for now, but it's not forever.
0: Mm-hmm. In talking about that and talking about the storm and the scary things of life, I'm reminded of our kittens. We just got kittens um, maybe a month or month and a half ago. And when we first met them, the little boy would um, kind of freak out and run and uh, was not a pretty run either. I mean, he would freak out, and he's not very graceful, so it was a lot of fumbling and... and stumbling and that sort of thing but the girl when she would freak out like the first time i noticed this i was holding her and there was a big noise and he was like scratching me all over the place but she buried her head right here in the crook of my arm and i was like wow so when jay talks about jesus is asleep on the boat my mind goes to i if i were in the boat i'd be like okay he's onto something i'm gonna crawl like i'm gonna back up into him and put his arm you know, arms around me, um, because he's the safest place to be. Right. And that's something we can do. You know, he, he hides us under his wings, but not if we're going to go running to an addiction or running to, uh, someplace, you know, my cat didn't go bury her, her head in the corner of the room. She buried herself in my arms. I think the more we can do that, the less frightened we'll be if we draw closer to God during those times.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who are feeling very alone, I know God is not far off. And I know that this is not the end of where he is taking you. Mm -hmm. He is... uh, certainly always willing to ride in that boat with you, Uh, that you don't have to be alone in the storm.
0: What's causing the tears?
1: Um I know that you felt very alone mm. when when I was in my addiction and also really abandoned <laughs> after I was supposedly healing things mm. um. And I know that you leaned on God quite a bit, and that I did not. Mm. And I know there are other people out there going through that. And uh, I hope they can find what you found Mm -hmm. and what you helped me to find.
0: It was difficult, definitely. Um, And God definitely brought it full circle where, you know, thankfully for you, the suffering that I went through, the suffering Christ went through changed you. Uh, I'd hate to think where you'd be if you weren't um, humble and where you'd be if you hadn't eventually listened and continued to listen and continued to uh, do the hard work. So, thanks for acknowledging it, though.
1: Thank you. (sighs) (laughs) The storms are not forever. And uh, there is a God willing to ride in that boat.
0: Uh, so, it's a little bit different. Um.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, it's a very different way of, of seeing what all of this is really about. Um, I do not believe that God tortures us. I believe He knows it would be torture without Him. And so he sits with us, and uh, um, I just, I hope that this has um, encouraged those people who are listening.
0: And with that, I guess we'll close out this episode, and we'll see you on the next one, y'all.
1: Bye. Bye.